1: have accessed entry 1178.1K0626, certificate number 50326. The Smoot.
0: I had the privilege to uh, meet with uh, Oliver Smoot, who is a living uh, length standard, and Ollie, this honor is normally reserved for kings and pharaohs. How did, uh, how did it happen to you? Well, I don't know about them, but I got it because I'm short. 5'7", <laughs> I guess, uh, Below average these days. Okay, And how many uh, smooths was it across the bridge?:
2: 364.4 and an ear: <laughs> How tall are you?:
1: I am five foot 10. Like I used to say I'm five foot 11 when I was a little short, but I've been getting a little shorter in my 40s. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty much straight up 510 now.
2: Yeah, I have always said I was 6'3", because I was always 6'3", but I went to the doctor not long ago and they said I was 6'2", which infuriated me. I refused to accept the measurement. I appealed to the concept of measurement uncertainty, which is uh, that no two measurements of a single thing can ever really be... Identical. Were you appealing to, you know, the photons of light entering the doctor's eye might actually. No, I was shit. saying like, well, your, your machine isn't calibrated correctly. You know, the thing about measurement uncertainty is there are a lot of different ways that that uncertainty can can be produced. You it's, know, the,
1: you, uh, it's the Heisenberg principle. The
2: high, <laughs> that's the new bell sound for you is the raspberry.
1: Too lazy even to find the <laughs> bell. It's <laughs> right, right over there. Or too messy. <laughs> Uh, I had a, I had a very tall friend who was six nine and he would always say six eight I think oh because um, he he thought that would be a slightly less freakish sure but now he's you know he's in his forties as well and now he's
2: actually I'm sure he's probably six, six seven, seven. Eight. yeah yeah exactly. you, you lose more the higher you go
1: you know t- it varies with time of day you should have had your doctor measure you uh, in the morning well that's
2: what I'm saying I mean measurement uncertainty it can be calibration of instruments it can be your system of measurement it can be the procedure of measuring a thing. It can be the skill of the measurer. It could be whether you're wearing shoes. It can be the time of day. It can be the environment. They don't measure you with shoes. That's the problem. But thick socks, inch thick socks. I'm going to go home and come back with my thickest wool socks, and we're going to do this again, doctor. So to really get an accurate measurement of a thing, we end up measuring it multiple times with as great a degree of accuracy as we can, and then we kind of average the results. I mean, and there are... Uh, We have instruments that can measure things to, you know. The angstrom. The angstrom, but we still cannot, we cannot perfectly measure a
1: thing. Ask anybody who's ever done any home repair, you know, like always just measure more than once, measure twice, cut once, measure twice and average them together. And you'll get, you'll somehow get a different number, weirdly, using the same tape measure, but.
2: I tend to measure three times and cut between one and three times.
1: Yeah, it's the ratio is usually two to one. They say measure twice, cut once. So if you measure three times, you have to cut one point five times.
2: Yeah, what I tend to do is cut long. Try it. If it's long, sometimes you cut long and it fits perfectly because you want to, you know, you want to get a little wedge in there. Other times you have to like shave a little, little micro bit
1: off. That's the haircut principle. You always want to err on the side of long. It's also the principle behind the Intactivist movement. Oh, (laughs) anti-circumcision. (laughs)
2: Intactivist. <laughs> Wait, you do not know the word
1: intactivist? <laughs> no, but that's wonderful. There is an intactivist running for president in this great oh, land of ours right now. The intactivist Andrew Yang is on the record as having intactivism as part of his platform.
2: If you circumcise uh, your male children, you will be—it's effectively genital mutilation—and you'll effectively deprive them of a lifetime of pleasure.
1: The internet is full of genitally insecure people who are yeah. saying this all the time. Uh, is uh, circumcision part of the Mormon tradition? Uh, the Mormon tradition is silent. Cause you're a Western
2: people, you could be like, you could be reinventing the wheel. I come from a, a long line of people that follow religious prescriptions.
1: What's the Alaskan tradition on circumcision?
2: I think. Have think, a, have a Marmot do it. I think in, uh, having been born in 1968, it was still, the general practice the accepted practice in the United States.
1: Yeah, it was it was more more boys than not.
2: Uh are there things that you think of as being one Ken Jennings? Like one Ken, like if, if I was a unit of measurement, what yeah. it would be? What is, I mean, are, there have to be things where you're like, huh, that's yeah. about one me. A
1: Ken Jennings is six hilarious tweets a day. <laughs> like if you can do six really
2: quality tweets. That's you, one, that's one the, Ken Jennings. That's Ken. <laughs> and if you do only three. Uh, so I'm generally operating at about a half Ken. You're about a
1: half a Ken. Yeah. You're a Ken.
2: Yeah, 3 good tweets a day and I put the phone down.
1: I've never thought about this what I would be if what if you it's about it's newlywed game. If but, you were or dating game. if you were a unit of measurement, yeah, that's right. Our number 1. Uh, what unit be, of measurement would you be? what, what is a Roderick?
2: I think of a Roderick as uh, a unit of measurement of how uncomfortable an airplane seat is. <laughs> like one Roderick <laughs> is one amount like it's 20% larger than a typical accommodation for a standard human is. So Roderick is, yeah, it's 20% larger than a human. It's 1.2 humans. Because if I get into the bunk, uh, let's say I'm renting a hotel room in uh, Sertogenbosch, there's every chance that the bed will be made to accommodate someone who is 5'10". And so my 6'3 slash 6'2-ness is just... Too big for the bed. W- by which I mean a bed with a headboard and a footboard. Or on a tour bus, if I climb into the bunk, it's just 20% too small. It's a forced perspective thing where you're not giant. No.
1: You know, you're, you're just slightly large enough for things to look and feel a little off.
2: Yeah, I'm large enough to be on the upper scale of what a standard off-the-rack sh- extra-large shirt will accommodate. So an extra large shirt from Zara or Uniqlo will make me look like a pork sausage that's been on the grill for 10 minutes.
1: There actually is a unit called the rod. Yeah. A rod is uh 16
2: and a half feet. And when you're So you're t- you're about 10 feet short of a rod. When you're uh like orienteering or adventuring in the in the wilds if you're in like a canoeing a uh, Portaging environment rods are That's still a pretty big if by the way, yeah, <laughs> for, for,
1: for most of our listeners,
2: as someone who went to outward bound as a teenager, right. we talked about rods as a measure of distance all the time, really, like, yeah, because we were portaging our canoes from lake to lake, and so when you thought about the distance from this lake to that and you're carrying a canoe in all your bags, it's a you're very frustrated, it's hard work, and so we talked about those distances in rods. It just
1: as a way to distract you from the oh. from the disagreeableness. Of well,
2: it. I don't know, I, I feel like maybe a rod is it's the that- length of a canoe. Or at least we sort of thought of it. And canoes aren't sixteen and aren't a 16 half 16 feet. And a half that would feet, be though. that would be a big canoe. It would. You,
1: it would be funny if you still thought of everything in rods today and you had to convert in your head. Just like oh,
2: how many <laughs> like rods?
1: Someone's like, the, <laughs>
2: the speed limit here is fifty five, and you're like, yes, but how many rods per hour is that? Right. Well, there are lots of alternative measuring systems that attempt to either address those issues or do it comedically. Like the furlong is six hundred and sixty feet. That, so, was, that
1: was once a more standard thing. You would say, yeah, the village is a few furlongs over there. Yeah, a few
2: furlongs away. And now it's just horse tracks. Uh, furlongs are only commonly used in horse tracks, but there's also a, um, there's like a modern, somewhat humorous system of measurement that's referred to as the furlong, the firkin, and the fortnight. Uh, furlong being 660 feet, the firkin being- a fir- What's a firkin, volume? A firkin is a measurement of weight. A firkin is 90 pounds. Oh, a, 90 pounds. And a fortnight is 14 days. So we don't really talk about, I mean, I I guess if you're in the United Kingdom, you can say like, it's a fortnight away. It's more of an estimation, right? Two weeks. It would be very hard to, you know,
1: because a lot of your fortnight uses is going to be decimal. If you're like, I'll right. be there in 10 minutes. You're not, you know, I'm not going to text somebody. I'll be there in 0. 0.00018 fortnights. Right. I guess I could if they were very, if that was how you're, I mean, if you're calibrated that way, if, well, you're, it, if you're, if you're thinking in, decimalization of fortnights. there's nothing inherently wrong with that. We had lots of people, when we talked about Celsius and Fahrenheit, reminding us that Fahrenheit makes a lot of sense for atmospheric uh, measurement because it's just a measure of air hotness. When it's 100 degrees, the air is 100% hot. You're all the way to hotness. Right. And when it's at zero, you're at 0% hot. That's about as cold as it it gets lots of places. Um, So in different domains, these different systems work great. And at one time, there were just dozens of parallel ones because, you know, there'd be one for people making barrels and one for guys loading ships and one for fishermen and everybody would have their own systems that made sense.
2: Well, in the UK, you still hear people re- refer to their weight in terms of stone. Yeah. Like uh, I'm, I'm 12 stone yeah, or whatever. Yeah, and stone is uh, is, a, is 14 pounds. Which is not a unit of,
1: of human weight that comes up much. It's very hard to lose or gain a stone.
2: Yeah, right. 14 pounds. Although, you know, as a bigger guy, I can lose... 14 pounds or gain it.
1: <laughs> I need to lose a stone. I, yeah. just, I just don't know the way to do it. I need to ask British people, not the Bake Off people.
2: I used to, my weight would fluctuate 10 pounds either way and I wouldn't notice. If I if I'd gained 10 pounds, I think I would, yeah, I'd be like, hmm, something's weird. But it was always frustrating to other people who, if they gained 10 pounds, it was like, oh no. And for me, it's like, oh yeah, last week, I guess I lost 10 pounds. Weird when you're, again, 20% larger than a person.
1: Yeah, for you, a stone would be, really you should have your own stone, a Roderick stone. Should a Roderick be, stone. Should be 1.2 human stones.
2: But you know, you can measure things in that furlong, and fortnight system. You can, uh, people have measured that one furlong per fortnight is actually about one centimeter a minute. Oh. Um. So that's, it is. That's not a unit I use much, the centimeter per minute. But. No, but this is, there. you can like cross-pollinate these systems. One of the most famous, I guess, American and most commonly known uh, hilarious measurement is the smoot. The Wh- s- what is a smoot? Well, for instance, like a Sagan. Is also an American system of measurement. Is it Carl Sagan? Yeah, a Sagan refers to billions and billions of a thing. Like two billion? No, billions and billions. Oh. So multiple, uh, multiple multiples of billions. I so see. a lot. Basically. If you have a
1: billion of something, that's not a Sagan. No. But right. if you if you have enough that it's comfortably in the mid-range of billions.
2: Yeah, you need to be able to- uh, There's
1: there's a Sagan uh, number of human souls on Earth right
2: now. Right, there is a Sagan of human souls. Uh, you can- um, Except he didn't believe in the soul, so he'd be very angry. Right, there are billions. I mean, are there billions and billions? I suppose six, seven billion is billions and billions. I don't think he meant billions of billions.
1: Right, I, it's not multiplicative, I, I would agree. Right. Uh, but we, I don't know have if a perfectly seven, good word for that.:
2: this was the sweet. problem with my, uh, this comes up a lot when you use the term a couple, do you think of a couple as two or three? I, I think a couple has to be
1: strictly two, but, really? I, but I've had to be corrected on this point.
2: I am firmly in the, a couple is three category. Because In your personal life as well. <laughs> because this was, a, this was a dispute that came up one time many, many years ago on the island of Maui between my dad and me. Back when Maui had mostly dirt roads, my dad and I were in a little store and there, were, there was a rack of comic books. And I said, can I have a couple of comic books? And my dad said, yes. And I brought three to the counter. And he said, I said two. And I said, no, you said a couple. And he said, a couple means two. And I said, a couple means three. And he said, you brought three. And so now you get none. Whoa. And I was like, none. Your dad's like King Solomon of, of comic books. Yeah, he, he cut the baby in two. And I was infuriated, so infuriated that I'm still infuriated, that he did not recognize that a couple tr- surely means three, because otherwise you would just say two. It seems like your definition
1: is self-serving in that it gets you another Batman comic.
2: Well, yeah, I didn't read Batman, but yes, I wasn't a Batman comic book reader. What kind of fool do you take me for? What were the comics, do you remember? Spider-Man. Right. The great comic book. He's funny, he's an
1: everyman. He's a kid. I'm looking up couple in Merriam-Webster's collegiate. Well, sure, they're going to say two because they, they do not think you should get a third. Keep going. Here keep we go, going. here we go. Definition 4. You're you're in luck. After several definitions that only get you two comics, definition right. 4 an indefinite small number, few.
2: Thank you. A few. A couple is a few.
1: And did you know that God has spoken on how, what a few is? Oh, how many? Uh, in, let me see. it gotta
2: be less than five, right? In the
1: first epistle of, of Peter, chapter three, verse 20, God is talking, or Peter is talking about Noah's Ark, and he says, in it, only a few people,
2: eight in all, were saved. Oh, okay. Well, a few, if you're talking about like how many people... How Compared many pe- to the population of Earth that it's getting flooded. Right. I mean how many how many French soldiers made it back from the invasion of Russia? A few.
1: So it's a it's contextual. Yeah. If you have a few bacteria in your mouth, that could still be hundreds of hundreds thousands. Hundreds of
2: thousands, right, but it's a yeah, it's a few relative to the potential of the thing.
1: But there is no such ambiguity in the smoot?
3: Get two pounds of ground beef and two packs of bacon absolutely free, plus twenty dollars off your first box when you visit butcherbox.com/slash iHeart or use the promo code iHeart at checkout. That's butcherbox.com/slash iHeart or use the
2: promo code iHeart at checkout. Well, so the Smoot is a unit of measurement that we can date very clearly to October 1958. When as a, it, it's unclear whether you would classify this as a prank or as a, um, the, you know, frater, you didn't belong to a fraternity. I'm no. Say. Did you belong to a smarty pants fraternity? One of those non-fraternity fraternities? Not, or like Phi Beta Kappa or yeah, whatever? something like that. No. I didn't either. I, in fact, during my college years was... Uh, arrayed myself against fraternities because you have to have a reason to live. You have to have a purpose. I don't
1: know the Greek letters in order. I don't, I'm I'm not eligible. I guess I don't either.
2: Uh, Anyway, a frat boy, let's just call him that, from 1958, by the name of Oliver Smoot. Although he was a frat boy at MIT, so it's not quite the same as like a frat boy at the University of Alabama. Yeah,
1: I don't think of MIT as a Greek system uh, uh, hub or nexus, but it's certainly a prank
2: Nexus, super high prank level at MIT.
1: Nerd pranks, like Nerd pranks. turning their little dome into R two D two every year, right. or or whatever, and Lol. and very kind of elaborate nerdy pranks, right? Like I think I I feel like the it was the first place I heard of college students like taking a jeep apart, yeah, and reassembling it in, in some the guys, library, right? In the library, how did it get in there? Or actually taking out walls so that somebody's dorm room doesn't exist. It just becomes the <laughs> end of the hallway.
2: Right. <laughs> or my old plan to put some of the uh, former Bush administration people into a shipping container buried in the desert and change the dimensions of the walls by micrometers over the course of time. Also put uh, mescaline in their water. <laughs> I'm not clear on how this prank works oh, at well, all. Oh, well, it's but a I... great prank. It's just, it's a long con. <laughs> uh, but Oliver Smoot and his fraternity brothers and it, I can only imagine the, like sort of Beery moment where they uh, they settled upon this. But they decided to measure the Harvard Bridge across the Charles River, mm-hmm. uh, which is the bridge. it's the bridge is not named for Harvard College. It's named for the same Reverend Harvard, after which the college was named, right uh, because the bridge actually takes you right to MIT from Boston. Uh, they decided to measure the bridge in terms of how many. Smoots, which is to say how many times you could lay Oliver Smoot end to end across the bridge. So they would, they laid Oliver Smoot down, they marked him at his head and then they moved, he got up and moved.
1: Oh, he's not unconscious at this
2: point. They're no, not no. They're not
1: moving him around. No, no
2: he's a having a good old time. Uh, then he would get up and lay down again and they would mark another Smoot.
1: Uh, and I think... It does seem like college was less
2: fun in the 50s. Well... If this is the wild shenanigans they got up to. You know, they they obviously, yeah, they didn't have like Halo to sit and play, (laughs) but this does feel like a kind of MIT style goof. And I can only imagine that they picked Oliver Smoot because Smoot does sound like a
1: unit of measurement. So they already had in mind the measurement before they did it. The measurement did not come from the bridge game.
2: Uh, there have not been like extensive interviews of his fraternity <laughs> brothers because the prank seems somewhat self-evident. Also, who is this a prank on?
1: <laughs> exactly. Well, that's what I mean. <laughs> it's it doesn't, not
2: a prank. It doesn't qualify as a prank. It's a gedanken experiment. <laughs> I think it's maybe a prank on the citizens of Boston. It might have even been a prank on Oliver Smoot. They might have said like, this is some hazing. Yeah. You have to go lay you have across to go the lay bridge. Lay down at every single point on Harvard Bridge. But it stops being a prank on Oliver Smoot because about halfway across the bridge, he got tired of laying down and standing up, laying down I mean, that would be it's like a CrossFit exercise. This is a guy who got into MIT. He can figure out a smarter way to do this. So what ended up happening is his fraternity brothers would pick him up and move him. <laughs>
1: I thought you one were just going to say they have a, a stretch of painter's tape, his height.
2: No, they, they didn't they, do they that. You have to actually do it with a smoot. Well, and this is where we get into measurement uncertainty because they're you know making a chalk line at the end of one smoot and think about- You've just, got the width of the chalk mark exactly, to reckon you've with. You've got the height of his hair. You've got, you know, is he- You've got uh, shoelaces. Over time, is he stretching out as they go? And also like operator yeah, error. I, it's not clear to me that if I lie down, I'm always the same- Leg, like dis- no. small
1: decisions about like how um, straight my legs are right. don't really affect your standing height, but they do affect your Smoot height. Do you your-, arch
2: your back?
1: Exactly.
2: But I think in the middle of the night on October 4th, 1958, it was sufficient to just sort of generally uh, measure like an, an estimation of a Smoot basically. And they came up, uh, because Oliver Smoot is five foot seven inches tall, and that even is probably a rounding. But they decided that the bridge, the Harvard Bridge over the Charles River was 364.4 smootz, <laughs> Uh which for comparison is 2,035 feet or 620.1 meters. There's this a, a real plus here
1: is that they picked the guy with the funniest name. I wonder if that
2: was part of it. Well, that's what I mean. Like a smoot sounds like a, like if his name was Anderson. You wouldn't say how many Andersons is it across the bridge. Although that would kind of work. How many Jennings is it from here to well, there? Well, I
1: noticed when you and I were doing our names, a Roderick actually sounds like a plausible uh, unit of measurement more than more so than a Jennings, I thought.
2: Yeah, uh, but a smoot, I mean a Jennings is a thing that you would measure, I think the amount of heat from a thing. Well, thank like you. it's 250 Jennings. You'd just say Jennings. Because the measurement of heat it's, would be it, a Jennings. It does seem
1: like it would be named after some Scottish scientist, right. like Sir Humphrey Jennings, who invented this kind of engine, uh, right. Lent his name to- 400
2: Jennings is what's required to get a man to the moon.
1: And, and you, what you can also do that's funny is to put the Latin prefixes on stuff, you know, like a milligening. A milligening, right. Do, do you know the, the fake uh, unit, the millihelen?
2: What is it, the Miller Helen?
1: That's the amount of physical attractiveness a woman needs to launch one ship.
2: Oh, right, because of Helen of Troy. Right. I think that there are there are plenty of those. Like for instance, the um, there's a measurement of area called a barn, and a barn is a measurement of area of one times ten to the negative twenty eighth meters squared. Oh, a very small barn. A barn is a term of art used by, and it's actually a measurement, you know, it's actually defined, it's used by particle physicists to describe a, a very small area necessary, but but I think of a pretty large area in terms of measuring atoms passing through a, you know, if you're trying to. Some kind to, of aperture. Yeah, if you're trying to like measure atoms that are coming from the Big Bang or whatever, or, or uh, like Photons, you're trying to do it, and it's a very difficult process to do, equivalent to trying to hit the broadside of a barn. Oh. And so a barn is this measurement in particle physics of like the unlikelihood of being able to measure a certain photon. But in trying to extend that, that system of measurement, there's something called a barn megaparsec which actually is an amount of area that is like in a, in, measurable in the
1: centimeters. How many barn megaparsecs can you do the Kessel Run in?
2: Hmm. In seven Sagans. <laughs> I can do the, the Kessel Run in seven Sagans of barn megaparsecs. Well, remember
1: parsecs. the child's rhyme, seven Sagans to the Smoot, <laughs> ten Smoots <laughs> to the Hogshead. While we're on the subject of Smoot's name being funny, yeah. like, did you know Smoot is a historically Mormon name? Tell me more. I looked up, I looked up Oliver Smoot. He's actually Oliver Reed Smoot Jr. So not named
2: after Oliver Reed, the famous British actor. <laughs> that would be very
1: actor. odd since he was born in 1940. <laughs> His parents were like, <laughs> I'm going to be a big fan of- This uh, young actor. <laughs> of Sons and Lovers. He, uh, no, I mean, if he's named for Reed Smoot, Reed Smoot is a, a one of the first, maybe the first senator from the state of Utah upon statehood. Really? But he was, uh, there was an argument over whether to seat him in the U.S. Senate. He was also a Mormon apostle at the time.
2: Oh, and this is a difficult time for the Mormons in polygamy, the US Senate.
1: Polygamy era right. still. The church is still tacitly winking at polygamy. And so it becomes a big international cause. This is right after
2: Utah became a state. Yes. And part of making it a state was that they came up with this, or rather there was a lot of Conflict about making it a state because of this.
1: Until the church disavowed. Yeah, right. Plural marriage. Uh, But Smoot eventually did get seated. The Smoot-Hawley Tariff Act, which is kind of a funny AP history punchline because it's got a funny name, is named for Reed Smoot. So I have to think that an Oliver Reed Smoot from two generations later must have some kind of Utah heritage, although I can't be sure.
2: Uh, Well, interestingly, there is another contemporary hilarious measurement system named after a Utah Senator. <laughs> Wait, really? Yes. Uh, we're talking about the Garn.
1: Oh, there's a barn and a Garn.
2: Yeah. The, this garn, is, I can tell you, that's Jake Garn who went into space. That's right. And Jake Garn, the Utah Senator who was the only sitting Congressman to go into space, uh, the wags at NASA refer to a Garn as a measurement of space nausea
1: <laughs> oh, right. Uh,
2: that you experience when in space. So if you go into space and become so nauseous that you barf, it is said that you are experiencing one garn. So I suppose you could have an amount of space nausea where you didn't barf, where you would be a portion of a Garn. There's a lot of measurement uncertainty with something like
1: nausea, yeah, which right. is like,
2: very subjective. It's kind of like the measurement of when a woman is in childbirth and they say, point to the unhappy face that right. is you right now. Well, there's
1: a, there is often a set of benchmarks, you know, even for things like, uh, you know, weather scales where it'll be like a storm of 0.7, you know, it might be related to the damage that it's caused, not... A, a number you can point out of, of wind speed or, right. or anything like that.
2: Well, and that's true of a lot of our systems of measurement. Like um, we say things like, how many times around, if you laid all the cable from a computer down end to end, it would circle the earth.
1: Kids love that. Go back yeah. and forth to the, all the M&M wrappers ever sold could go to the moon and back 72 times or, right. or whatever.
2: Or it's as long as a, as five football fields.
1: Or uh, or That's like, very helpful to me. I like to, I like seeing area in terms of a US state.
2: Like if, some, if somebody says- It's as big as Rhode Island. Look how big Bavaria is. It's as big as, yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, we, we all the time go into a bar and order a shot, but what is a shot?
1: Wait, does a shot come from, is it related to the shot you shoot?
2: No, it's not. It's just a shot of liquor is its own measurement, but from bar to bar, oh, sh- right. I mean, I a, a shot can be poured a hundred different ways. A cord of wood. What exactly is a cord of wood? I mean, how, if you put 10 cords of wood next to each other, is it, it's not really a measurement of weight, it's a measurement of area. I wonder if these
1: are all gone. You know, if we're the last people that will know that there's cord, a wood specific thing or a ream, a paper specific thing or a hundred weight, you know, because these are left over from a time where industries created their own standards and you would, you would grow up and your kids would learn how the shop worked and uh, and, and now we're standardizing everything for laboratory reasons and now it's
2: going to be all cubic liters and Sure, now that we have kilograms. A, a, a meter as decided upon. There's not even a real kilogram <laughs> anymore. But we still talk about explosive power in terms of tons of TNT. Right. What the hell does that mean? Like, am I supposed to picture that? <laughs> like 40 tons of TNT uh, in the jungles of Southeast Asia or in the deserts of Arizona. That
1: reminds me of a thing I really don't like, which is when they tell you how many Hiroshima's something, yeah. something bad is. Like really, isn't it? I don't know how soon too soon it is to turn uh, a humanitarian catastrophe like that into a unit of measurement. Like yeah. it's as sad
2: as six nine 9-11s. <laughs> Yikes! It's as bad as a hundred dead babies. But the thing about a Smoot is that the Smoot so does it get used? The like, Smoot became at, at for a long time. I think the city of Boston. Uh, resented the Smoot because every year the frat brothers of Lambda Chi Alpha at uh, MIT would go out in the middle of the night and they would redraw the Smoot lines.
1: (laughs) They would just draw a a chalk mark every five feet, seven inches
2: along the bridge. They didn't get, Oliver Smoot graduated in 1962 and was gone uh, and went and got a law degree, but they continued to propagate the Smoot as a system of measurement, and Boston didn't like it. But over time, it became a beloved tradition.
1: This is the uh, turbo and thing where engineering humor kind of became recognizable outside the lab.
2: That's right. And within MIT, which absolutely is obsessed with units of measurement because they're producing engineers and scientists. And Hiroshima's. <laughs> they are also producing Hiroshima's. Uh, But they continued to do this until Boston started to celebrate it.
0: Have you always wanted to learn to play an instrument? Maybe you've even tried at some point, but gave up because you felt lessons were too expensive or that you just didn't have the time. Thankfully, there's Musician. Musician is the fun, easy, and affordable way to learn guitar, piano, bass, ukulele, and even singing. start that's unlimited access to thousands of lessons exercises and songs on as many instruments as you want for two whole weeks just go to musician.com slash start that's y-o-u-s-i-c-i-a-n dot com slash start
2: now the the harvard bridge has gone through many incarnations over the decades it was built in eight between 1882 and 1891 Uh, and it was there was a lot of conflict between the city of Boston and the city of Cambridge over who would pay for it and how it would be built. But it was built on a kind of like the course of the Charles River underneath the Charles. It's a lot, there's not a ton of bedrock there. It's a lot of gravel and mud and silt. And so the bridge was built in a kind of unstable way and and over the decades it's it's been replaced multiple times. Mm-hmm. So that the Charles Bridge that you see today, or I'm sorry, the Harvard Bridge that you see today is in a way a kind of facsimile of the original Harvard Bridge. They, every time they b- rebuilt it, they kind of made it look more or less like it used to look. Right. And at a certain point in the 1980s, they rebuilt the bridge. They did a major rebuild. And by this point, uh, so, so the city of Boston kept trying to eliminate the smoot. Uh, and
1: Boston's always trying to ban something. They are. They're trying to ban D.H. Lawrence. They're trying to ban the Smoot.
2: And they had, at a point, a plan to station guards on the bridge to keep What the, are they against? The chalk mark? They don't like the chalk mark? Well, they, they just don't like the, the, that it defaces the bridge because the Smoots also inspire- other people to come do chalk artwork and other things on the bridge, I see. and also there so if the SMOOT are
1: Smoot were existing on a piece of paper somehow given to tourists explaining the Smoot. Boston does not object to it as a as,
2: as a as unit an of abstract
1: concept. They just don't like chalk on their bridge.
2: And also, then there became a tradition of measuring how many Smoots it was across the bridge from each end. And because five foot seven is a strange unit of measurement, the two Smoot marks don't o- overlap they kind of vary as they go across i see because it ends with a fractional smoot right I and also say. there you know there are marks at 50 smoots and 100 smoots the actual measurement of the bridge is 364.4 smoots and an ear so you know is is it his ear his ear yeah. oliver's ear what well, the distance of one ear anyway the city of boston trying to eliminate the smoots realized that the boston police department actually used Smoot markings to determine this place where accidents occurred in police reports and other crimes.
1: So instead of saying roughly a third of the way across the bridge.
2: They were like, it was at the 72 Smoot mark.
1: So non-MIT people are now thinking of that bridge at least in terms of
2: Smoots. So I first visited the Harvard bridge in 1986 and was not familiar with the Smoot and walked across the bridge and was confused and delighted by all of the action on the bridge, all of the markings and hash marks. And the word smoot is used repeatedly. I didn't. Are I, these
1: now permanent fixtures of the bridge or are they just, it's transitory chalk mark?
2: Well, so in 1986, when I visited, this was before the reconstruction of the bridge. Mm. And so the bridge was kind of falling apart and it was decorated with all this smoot talk. And at some point. Smoot <laughs> At some point when I was visiting MIT or Harvard during that visit, I asked somebody what the hell that was, and the Smoot story was explained to me, part of MIT lore. So when the city of Boston rebuilt it during that period, the engineers that rebuilt the bridge in, in the employ of the city of Boston, uh, instead of using the standard six-foot length for sections of the sidewalk, they actually built the bridge with sections of the sidewalk at five foot seven inches long.
1: So there's like, essentially the sidewalk cracks that will break your mother's back are now a Smoot apart? Are
2: one Smoot apart. Oh, that's great. So Boston now has 100% embraced the Smoot as a unit of measurement. The bridge is measured in Smoots, although the chalk marks continue to not coincide with the sidewalk uh, Smoots, because it depends on where you start bridge. measuring the bridge. And so there are lots of markings of various various systems of smoots.
1: It's a measure of how, you know, MIT-style engineers now have kind of control all of our access to information that you can now turn Google Earth to measure things in smoots so Google, as opposed to k- kilometers or miles.
2: Google calculator, Google Earth and Google Maps all offer you the opportunity to measure things in smoots or they did until recently and google i guess decided that they weren't going to be a whimsical company and they were going to eliminate smoots from
1: their search engine will st- still do it like if you type in if you just type into the google search bar you know 3 furlongs to centimeters it will tell you 660350 centimeters and if you type in 100 smoots to kilometers it will say kilometers.
2: So you could continue to measure things in Smoots, even not in Boston, not on a bridge. If you were so inclined. Now, hilariously, and once again, we don't know very much about Oliver Reed's Smoot. He's a public figure, a thing has been named after him that will exist long after he is gone. In our area, he's still alive, right? He's still alive, that's right. And he is cousins with a Nobel laureate.
1: There's a Uh, more famous Smoot, but he doesn't
2: have a unit. George Smoot is like he won the Nobel Prize in... Which one? Physics. He's a physicist. So Uh,
1: the thing that impresses me the most about George Smoot's resume is that he is one of two people ever to win a million dollars on Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Didn't you appear on Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? I did not win the million dollar prize. But you did appear on the show. I did. Here's what happens. When the final question comes up, you are effectively betting your whole boodle on the final question site on scene. So the host, fake redneck Jeff Foxworthy, who is sure. actually like an IBM engineer <laughs> pretending to be a redneck comedian now, sure uh, will tell you, uh, do you want to walk with your half a million or do you want to see the final question? So you're betting $500,000 on a random trivia question that's going to appear.
2: That a fifth grader might know though.
1: Sure, but it's all stuff from a fifth grade textbook. Like I, I had looked at all the million dollar questions and some of them were very hard. Oh, What's the maximum number of years you could serve as U.S. president?
2: Oh, there is no maximum.
1: There is a maximum.
2: There's oh well eight. You'd, no, no, no. Wait, you uh, because you could uh, let's see eight, nine, nine, eleven. You
1: can serve up until if it's more than half a term, you're ineligible to run the third, the second time. What really? Yes, yeah, so you can actually you can actually in, uh, inherit the Oval Office without being elected, serve a full two years. That's how the twenty. So ten. Yes, is the answer. That's how the amendment is written. Yeah, ten.
2: Oh. And so,
1: and there are plenty of questions I would have gotten that that
2: right after three times. But
1: there's (laughs) plenty of like, which constitutional, what's the name of the first US space probe, blah, blah, blah. Which constitutional amendment? A lot of this stuff is legitimately hard. So you
2: step back. I
1: step back and took my half a million and went home, but they show you the question. Oh, what was it? uh, What political party did uh, John Adams belong to?
2: The Whigs.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. You have just lost half a million dollars, John What was it? Or sorry, know nothing I, I have to sit in Jeff Fox, Jeff Foxworthy voice. You just lost half I, a million dollars. I, I guess. What, what I, was the answer? He's a federalist. Oh, of course. Jefferson was a Democrat Republican and he faced off against it And I federalist knew it. Party. And so you can see my face kind of fall. Yeah. But George Smoot is more of a man than me, apparently. He
2: went all the way to the million. He
1: decided he would risk it all in the million dollar question, which was in what state would you find Acadia National Park?
2: Uh, Maine.
1: That is correct. You just want a million dollars Yay! back. Hooray. So maybe the Smoot should be a measure of game show uh, testosterone. I,
2: I knew the Federalist one too. I just jumped, I just, I got excited. I'm only like 0.5 Smoots when it comes to game show balls. See, this is the problem. You're good at these things. I would just be, I'd be, well, I would never have even made the buzzer. I would have been all confused. I would have been tying my shoes. You'd be flustered. What's interesting about Oliver Smoot, and this gives a sense, although he has his Juris Doctor this gives a sense of either the sense of humor of international governing bodies that we do not think of as having any sense of humor whatsoever. That famous UNICEF sense of humor. Or or whether Oliver Smoot became the Smoot because he was a member of a, an academic culture that was already concerned with systems of measurement, which okay. seems also likely. But in 2001, he was elected the president of the American National Standards Institute, which is a voluntary, like uh, nonprofit organization, devoted to getting all of the different systems of measurement standardized in American science industry, and he he took over American weights and measures, and then in two thousand three was elected president of the International Organization for Standardization, which is the global body concerned with standardizing measurement. There's probably something in their bylaws whereby
1: it's like, here's how a chairman is elected, but if a man can appear, you know, who so can, right. It's like the sword (laughs) in the stone. Whoso can appear who is
2: already a unit of membership, he may take his rightful place (laughs) at the
1: head of the table.
2: That's what we can, I, I guess, cannot know until we actually talk to Oliver Smoot, which came first, the chicken or the Smoot?
1: And that concludes the Smoot. Entry 1178.1K0626, certificate number 50326, in the omnibus. Listeners, we come from a dystopian time of social media. What unit would you use for, uh, for social media? What's a. Uh,
2: one beard second of attention. Beard second? D- yeah, does your... does have like
1: a mansplaining unit?
2: <laughs> exactly. Actually, a beard second is a measurement. What's a beard second? A beard second is how long it takes, or how long a beard will grow in a second. Oh, it's a unit of length. Yeah, which is effectively... It must uh, be
1: length. That must be less than
2: the width of an atom, isn't it? It's effectively 100 angstroms. <laughs> but the beard second uh, then kind of like reverse engineered the beard inch... Which is how long it takes for a beard to grow an inch. How much time it takes for a beard to grow an inch. So a beard second is a measurement of length length. and a beard inch is a measurement of time. And it takes 29.4 days for a beard to grow an inch. And Google... Uh, Google calculator Google will, will turn also measure If you things. want to know how many beard
1: inches or how many uh, beard seconds it is to grandma's house.
2: Yeah, or beard inches, like how long does it take?
1: It, a um, speaking of measurement uncertainty, that implies that all beards grow at the same length. Is that in fact true?
2: Well, and I think that the International Organization for Standardization has a different amount of time for a beard inch than Google calculator.
1: Because it's all these it's all these hairless uh, yeah, uh, Scandinavian men. That's man. right.
2: They're like, that's not how long it takes to grow a beard inch. Whereas, you know, like all the all the incels there at Google are like, oh, I grow a beard. beard, beard, beard.
1: Yeah, the social media unit is probably like the fedora or right, something. It's, derp. it's yeah. how fast it takes <laughs> you to swipe away
2: from someone on a dating app. How many fedoras uh, does it take for a woman to quit being on Twitter for <laughs> for two months? It's probably a fractional fedora. It's probably
1: like, it only takes a few cent of fedora to chase a normal person <laughs> off of Twitter. If social media still exists for you, we weep for you, we feel bad for you, but yes, we are also hopefully still there for you. At least from our lifetime, our tweets are archived at, at Omnibus Project, as well as at Ken Jennings and at John Roderick where you can also find photos of John, speaking of fedoras, Yay. in a variety of hats. Derp derp. Uh, our, uh, we also had a uh, Facebook page. We say had, but we didn't
2: start it up. No, it's a fan-based community that we have almost no authority uh, within.
1: <laughs> we, can, we have some authority. We can, um, if somebody complains about a post, we can delete it. But generally, yes. when I see complaints about a post, They seem fine to me and I can't tell why people are complaining.
2: When people say actually and then offer like a correction, you usually say something to the effect of listening to our podcast is voluntary. Why don't you go find a hobby? (laughs) And when somebody... I don't think I say that. (laughs) I object (laughs) to that characterization. (laughs) When someone corrects me, I uh, give like a really huffy... Uh, paragraph-long explanation why
1: Oh, I thought you were going to be all gracious. No, I thought no, no, you no. were going to be the gracious one I said, even, thank you, you're right. I looked it up and, sir, you are correct and this has changed my life.
2: No, I'm even grouchier and I do, <laughs> I I like steam post and then I stay away for a for two weeks. I
1: feel like I have a bright line where if somebody makes a correction and it's absolutely, they're absolutely right, I will be like, good catch.
2: Right. Well, um, I do that too if they're absolutely right.
1: But um, if it's somebody just taking it like an uncharitable view of something we said or right. like you know the, the, the typical online fault finding mechanism right then i will be like please uh, i don't see why we have to do this so why does this interaction exist yeah that's right so check out the future links on facebook which, it's a wonderful
2: place none of this ever yeah, happens we don't we don't it's actually like complain about in them. in the, in the space of a year i've only left two huffy posts <laughs> is that like huff Post? Well, it's a measurement of how uh, fun a Facebook group is. It's uh, It's a per annum. It's yeah. It's like two huffy posts, great, and that means I've only left two huffy posts. There are there are like if I go on Reddit, I leave two huffy posts an hour.
1: Uh, If you really want to send us corrections, you you want to do that face to face. You don't need to humiliate us in front of a crowd. Please send that via individual correspondence to uh the Project at gmail.com or if it comes with some kind of physical artifact that proves your correctness if you need to show us exhibit a
2: right um, or send me a calligraphied letter explaining how I'm wrong, which someone did.
1: Uh yeah, did that did that make the medicine go down easier? Yeah,
2: it did. It was very nice.
1: Then you can send those via postal mail to the omnibus project, P.O. Box 55744
2: Shoreline, Washington, 98155. Future links from our vantage point in your distant past. We have no long. Uh, we have no. Yeah. We have no idea how long our civilization survived. We have no idea how many beard centimeters are left <laughs> Are left. We, uh, we
1: we need an episode. We need a unit of measurement for the omnibus. Oh, right. Uh, it's, uh,
2: how many millennia the omnibus has survived? Uh, how many How many millennia away the futurelings are?
1: I was thinking maybe it's like a one hour and 12 minute increment that has about 26 minutes of content. <laughs>
2: <laughs> how many omnibus will be left till the end of the world? Uh, we hope and pray that the catastrophe we fear may never come, but if the worst comes soon. This recording, like all our recordings, may be our final word. But if providence allows, we hope to be back with you soon for another entry in the Omnibus.
0: For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.